Happy New Year. Marching into 2019, stronger than ever here at Banquet Bear. 20 subscribers on the YouTube after dropping the Roger and Barbara Cressy bomb that was episode 24 over Christmas period. We're up to 153 likes on the Facebook page, so big shout out to anyone out there who is either subscribed or liking this on the FB. Much appreciated. 2019 promises to be a big year for Banquet Bear Productions. We've got seven or eight prime pods from the summer of 2018 and through to the winter. Also going to have a series of podcasts coming straight out of Malawi. Central African country of Malawi will be a pretty big focus, I imagine, of what the pod will be over the coming months. And hopefully this pod should give you a bit of a sense as to why that would be the case. Now, I was lucky enough to meet a man by the name of Henry Kejiolanje back in 2017 in the autumn. I was in Cape Town. I was lucky enough to stay at the hostel called Stoked in Musenberg, Cape Town. A glorious little spot. And even luckier to meet Henry, the hostel manager and all-out character, share a number of really great conversations with the man over a, a couple of weeks. A few months later, obviously, I'd, I'd started the pod and decided, well, now's the time. So we connected via Skype and we just have a 40-minute conversation, really, just to run through his background, then obviously how he, he himself, uh, Malawian, came to be a hostel manager in Cape Town. South Africa. Also, we get on to talking about his own NGO by the name of Kingfisher, which he started back in 2016 in the hope to promote his local people, his local village, and build it up from the ground up to be a sustainable community, focusing on education and industry to try to encourage Malawians not to jump the borders to Zimbabwe or South Africa, but to stay in Malawi. Throughout the pod as well, there's sort of musings on the education system as a whole, of which I go off on a bit of a tangent again. But there's also his vision for the world and Africa. So it gets, again, it's quite nice and utopic at the end. But he really is a fascinating fella from coming out of Malawi when he was in his teenage years and heading to South Africa and then working his way up through the townships and, as I say, into a position where he's um, not only a hostel manager, a beautiful hostel in, in Cape Town, but also a founder of his own NGO back in Malawi. And a truly inspirational man. And I'm not lying to you, Henry is the reason why I'll be heading out alongside a friend of mine named Rosie in a couple of weeks to Malawi to see A, what he's doing out there, how the NGO work he's, he's created is helping, and, uh, and B, just get a feel for for Malawi itself, so um, as I say, there'll be a lot more podcasts I imagine coming out of Malawi, but before I head, as well as ever, 2019 is a year of the guest host, I can feel it, you know, so again, if you've got a feel, you want to try something like this yourself, but don't have a way to market it, or get your podcast out there, get in touch please, I can, uh, more than happy to help, and share the platform, so um, yeah, for now I'll leave you with Henry Kajuranji's story, which is... Uh, Quite a difficult one to top, I must say. But uh, enjoy this one. Play it. I'm Henry Kumwenda uh, Kajirani from Malawi. I'm uh, 35 years old. I I was born in Malawi and uh, grew up there. Started in Malawi. 
uh, since standard one up to standard eight. And then I finished my primary school. I went to uh, high school. Uh, I did it at home, even though our schools are in Malawi, they are not that good like I see they are in England. It's mm -hmm. uh, quite a opposite direction. It's a very, very low class whereby we go uh, eight kilometers to a primary school while you are seven years. Sometimes we even don't know why we are going cool. It's just like the parents they say, go to school, go to school, but the distances are very, very far to uh, uh, think like, why did we go to school? Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I finished my school uh, in primary, then I went to secondary school uh, without no school fees. Uh, some of the politicians, they know my mom, so they, they helped me to go to high school. And then from there I finished. I went to technical college where I did uh, one year there, but the second year I had to run away because uh, the conditions were not good for me. Right. But uh, according to the payments of the school, it was good. Uh, the person that was uh, paying me, he was always paying me the fees. But uh, the condition of living in Malawi and the uh, brain of childish, I had to jump into South Africa. So mm -hmm. that's why now. I am here at Stoked Backpackers, meeting George from uh, UK, hey. and now we are in interview. Hey, that was a great summary, H. Nice job. So, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, so, that was probably the best opening to a show I've had. Usually, it's me rumbling for like five minutes about what's going to happen, but you were straight in there, H. Loved it, mate. Henry, I've known you for, geez, I guess, coming up to six months. Six months or so. I was in Cape Town probably September. Yeah, September last year. Um, stayed at Stoked Backpackers. Yeah. Uh, had a great time. Me and you went on, what, three or four hikes up at, at, at the back of Musenberg. Um, beautiful spot. Yes. Yeah, loved it, man. Um, and then since then, we've kept in touch. Um, and I thought, right, it'd be great for you to get you on a podcast and sort of try and, and, uh, and share your story. Um, so that's yeah, that's to where we are right now. So thank you, man. Um, so a little bit on 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 how we met. Um, obviously, I was traveling around for about a month, in, just in Cape Town, just just checking it out. Um, heard a lot of good things about Stoked from a lot of people. Um, so if you could talk a little bit about Stoked, where it is, what you guys do, the location, that'd be great. Yeah, we are at Stoked Backpackers. Uh, next to the train, uh, train station, there is a beach around us, surrounded with the beautiful mountains. And as you said, uh, they were good when you came and hiking with us. Uh, up to now, we are doing a very good job. From since we started, we are even accommodating big groups, mm. catering and uh, three meals a day. Yeah, so it's good. Mm. And um, since I started that, it was like uh, six months. Then I get married to my wife, staying here at Stoked Backpackers because I arranged like my wife and me we never meet but it was just arranged uh, marriage so we married at stock backpackers wow did you really i didn't realize that yeah. oh, so you married your wife at, at yeah stoked. And, uh, oh. and the backpackers yes it was not just like i proposed uh, someone did the job like proposing a woman for me no way to home tennis that time i was in south africa for like eight years wow. and my wife came and then yeah so yeah that's how i met my wife that's crazy, man. Well, is that a normal thing in Malawi to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a culturally promoted thing. Like a, a, a son doesn't have to choose a woman. 
the wow. parents they can choose the, the, the wife or the son. Wow. Wow. That's it's a, a cultural it's a it's a culture of disease I can say, but it's good for us, it works it works. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's the main thing. That's and, and so how long yeah. have you been married to your wife? Four years, four years, four years, yeah. Fantastic. And you have a daughter, is that right? Yeah, we have a daughter, yeah. Her name is Rachel, yes. Ah, beautiful. How's she doing? No, she's doing good. She's doing good. Fantastic. She even now called Daddy she have got some few teeth in her mouth, so it's good. Oh, good. She's yeah, that's important. Oh, bless Yeah, so, so three years ago, just after I married my wife, I met a girl from UK. She came uh, to Gizibank to volunteer, and there was this big organization that took a little bit of her money, which was supposed to go to the charity work. Okay. So when she came to see me and my wife in the shop, I didn't understand what really she was doing. So after asking her is when we I understand what she was doing here in music. Then I had a meeting with my wife. If, how if also we can open an organization whereby volunteers they can come and help us. So now I'm talking on the behalf of Kingfisher, uh, the company that when we were hiking and um, going to township, he was I was talking always about it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it seems like a beautiful foundation. And um, yeah, a, re a really pure drive behind it. So I really want to get onto that for sure um, a bit later on. So um, so really, if we go back to sort of yourself um, and and how you came to become sort of this um, organisational leader and and uh, and hostel manager in Cape Town. So obviously, you moved to South Africa at what age were you when you left Malawi? Yeah, so I, I left Malawi when I was like 20s, very young, because my uh, father has have got uh, cousins in Pretoria. Okay. So with the poverty in Malawi, like if you go to school, you finish school, there's no job. My uncle uh, just kind of tricked me, like just come to South Africa because he could see like uh, I can be potential. If I come to South Africa, I can do some jobs so I can help the family. Mm. So instead of him uh, taking his money, helping people he didn't have, so he just can't tell me like maybe I must just stop what I'm doing so I can come and work in South Africa because in South Africa there is high uh, potential of working whether mm -hmm. foreigner or what so yeah when uh, I can say uh, 15 years ago yeah then I had to uh, uh, come to South Africa I came here very young and I stayed in Pretoria with my cousin so after I stayed um, yeah party in South Africa a lot like drinking and smoking uh, all of that uh, uh, childish stuff I did, yeah, okay. and then I moved to Pretoria after two years of staying there, since I moved in South Africa. So I moved uh, from Pretoria to uh, Cape Town, to Maskumelele Township. I'm sure you saw it, the township. Yes, yeah, yeah, you took me there one time, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yes. so I moved there like two, uh, 2007, uh, is when I moved there, with, I was staying with my brothers, and... Um, yeah, I stayed very fine. Uh, like uh, local Tosa people, they are very accommodating when it comes to other black uh, nationalities in Africa. The Tosas are very good to us here. Yeah. So I stayed there like a like a young boy, and there was a, this family taking care of us. Uh, it was good, oh, even though the conditions of living was not that good because in one room sometimes we can stay like five people. All of us were like one family. Wow. And yeah, the landlord won't be chasing us away. They will be just like take care of each other. And I remember that time is when Zimbabwe was very in a high crisis. 
2008 when a lot of uh, Zimbabweans they moved to South Africa. And yeah, South Africa was at a very high uh, demand of receiving uh, refugees and just people coming from Malawi to South Africa. It was uh, really uh, hard times, 2007 to 2008. Wow. That time, when it, 2009, it came down a little bit, and 10, it came down a little bit. Okay. So you you did uh, mention how did I find a job at uh, Stokes, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So as we staying in a the township, then I I I, I was trained uh, in a woodworking uh, skills in Victoria. So when I came to Cape Town, I didn't want these other jobs because I was skilled in working in the wood. So I started working for Table Mountain. They do a uh, decking. Uh, they do uh, their own buildings, like in Komiki. If you Google Komiki, there is a there's a lodge there, Table Mountain Lodge, that we build. And okay. this is where I, I met the owner of Stokes. He came like, also, we must go and build his house with wood and sand, sandbags. So there's these houses that you can build from sandbags, just sand from the beach, filled it up, and then you build it. Very nice house. So wow. this is where I met the owner of Stokes. That was eight years ago as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. then you got to talking with the owner and, and uh, one thing led to another and it, you, you struck up a friendship or how did it so, work? From so when I was working for me, I was kind of a foreman and then the contractor talked to the owners of um, uh, of Stoked and then he, the contractor found the job there. So okay. the first thing that we went there to start building his house in 2008 and we started digging the foundation and all of that. And then we started knowing the owner, but as with our understanding of English, then the owner lady of Stoked, she kind of liked me and my cousin brother, and we became friends. Excellent. Excellent. So after even we finished building his house, we were always friends. Mm. I remember at some point I had to run out from the job because it was very hard working, like cement and all of that. So I started, I thought working in the sea catching tuna is a simple job. It was more harder than just working at, you know, at the building site. Yeah. So I had to run to the end early uh, to the to work in the sea catching tuna. I catch tuna from 2009 to 10. Wow. And this is where I called back my bosses, the owner of stock to the man like I need job. And then, yeah, he made me a personal assistant so I can help him because he does not only do... Um, the uh, stock to backpackers. That time he was just like a filmmaker, he was a photographer. Wow. That time he didn't have stock. Yes, so we're talking of 2010. Then I could do a little bit of his garden. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. And then since then, you've obviously become hostel manager at Stokes now uh, in the last few years. When did you get that yeah, one? So it was a, quite a process for me to become a, a stocked manager because when I was working at his house, he owns a big house in Scarborough, and then there was some renovation going on at his place. And then whenever you want to go out, the person that you can live and trust it was me, even though there was a lot of workers. So I could manage his house like everyone, even the builders and all what I would say, do this, do that. He would just everything. He was living in my hands. So in that kind of thing, he thought that there's humanity in me and he was very happy to promote me in anything that I'm doing. So since I managed his house, and then uh, one day we was coming from very far, we were taking pictures from like uh, Winelands. Then he said, yeah, Henry, there's an opportunity that we can open a hostel 
or backpackers in Musebeg. But that time I was not knowing what he's talking about. Well, I thought, oh, that's good for you, Graham. Then it means yeah. uh, it's good because he's good at hiring people, giving people opportunities. Yeah. So I said, good, uh, please open it so you can give people some jobs. Then he said, yeah, we'll need a, we'll need a manager. Then I said, oh, like a hotel. So it means uh, you, he needs someone who is very educated. Then he said, yeah, he will need someone who is educated. But he said, before we look for someone educated, uh, he promised me to bring my CV. So oh, my beautiful. CV to bring to him with one of the CV, it was himself. So I just say, I'm sure I'll bring my CV, but one of the differences is you. So I think you just better give me the job. So without <laughs> that, it was... <laughs> Good because man. I can get my CV and then, because he was like my brother and he was my boss. So that I say, you know that I can do the job. Yes, so 2012 October is when they moved me from Asfumelere to Stoked Backpack as one of the rooms downstairs, as you saw it. And then, yeah, we started working then. And yeah, it was 50-50, like do that, do that, do that. And then at night, I'll sit at the front desk because it was just me and the owner lady working. Wow. And then the gentleman, he was working in the kitchen, like cooking and all of that. So I was trained uh, twice a day. I could do admin and I could do the cooking. And then sometimes I could even wash windows. Sometimes okay. I could help you with washing, uh, washing rooms and all of that. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's how I came to stop. Yes. That's quite a tale. So, if, if, so now well, you, live, you live in Stoke now? you got your own room at Stoke. Is that right? Yes, yes. Now, now, uh, since I started working uh, at Stoke, I've been staying at Stoke. Perfect, perfect. Uh, I, I've never moved from Stoke. When I move on Stoke, it means I've just gone for one month to Malawi for holiday. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, perfect, man. If we can, can, can we touch back on uh, on the township, really? Because I know that's obviously something that's been a huge part of your life, uh, the townships yeah, in, in, in Cape Town. Could you, the, could you explain to, um, to, to people, really, who... Um, so a lot of people won't really understand the townships and um, and and the the different cultures that are sort of it's quite a bit of a melting pot, isn't it? It seemed the, um, the yeah. townships. So, yeah, so the township in general to talk uh, because I moved there two zero zero seven, mm. and uh, most of the kids and uh, old uh, members there, I know them, and they treat me like a kid there. Yeah. And then when I moved, years later, when I moved to Musebeg, there were these um, two young ladies from the United States. They just wanted to visit township. So I talked to my uh, owner lady, like, I can do this. And uh, I've been there for a long time, so I don't mind taking them. And our, my intentions was not to charge money, but just to take them there. And I remember the first ones they did with 70 rand each okay. transport okay. to go and come back. And then, yeah, I had like maybe 50 rand in my pocket. Yeah. Because that time transport was like five rand for taxi, for taxi. So, yeah. So, when we came back, the uh, two, uh, uh, the, 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 the tourists, they were very happy. And they talked to my boss that I'm doing a good job. Because first, when I get in, I show them the clinic, the library. I showed them the kindergartens. I showed them the wetlands. I showed them the uh, bars. I showed them a lot of things, how we live, as you all see. Um, it's 40,000 uh, people living in uh, two kilometers by six kilometer yard. Wow, yeah. In a place where there's no hospital, it's just a clinic and a school, primary school is very small. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, that's it. That's the township. Yes. Yeah. But it's, it's quite a melting pot in terms of uh, the different ethnicities and cultures you've got in there. So, like you said, there's lots of Zimbabweans. I imagine there's Malawians. There's Corsas. There's um, uh, obviously yeah. What? How many different cultures are in a ta- in in the townships usually? Uh, contrary to uh, uh, count them, how many are there? It will be quite of a problem because all African countries they are in there. So if right. you're talking of uh, Tanzanians, Nigerians, Malawians, and you know these countries, they've got all different cultures. It's like thousands and thousands of cultures are living in there because yeah. with all different tongues. Like in only South Africa, we have got 11 tongues. So in, in Namibia, how many tongues they have? So we are talking all of uh, African countries they are in there. Wow. So it's quite a lot of tongue speaking, but mostly it's Zimbabweans and Malawians and South Africans. Okay. And uh, uh, the Nigerians, uh, right. they are there too. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, 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 absolutely incredible um, in terms of how how they how everyone can still get along and, and, and work. Obviously, there's there's a lot of crime yeah, so, in townships. So but... they, they, yeah, so they, this, um, they, this uh, African uh, understanding of our culture, like um, smiling of each other, giving each other some salt and sugar, uh, sit around and talk about um, having more wives and um, <laughs> more girlfriends. Yeah, that yeah. keeps us together because it looks like a lot of us, we are interested in stupid things, you know. So, yeah, we like to be together, you know. It's amazing. No, it's amazing. It's a real, yeah, it, it's, there's yeah, so the much most, we can the learn. Most, the most promotion that we have is not about just discriminating, but it's just like, yeah, we like marrying a lot of wives, having more girlfriends, and a lot. So our society is good. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. No, so absolutely. We don't mind being together. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's 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 the key, eh? So um, on that then, so obviously you, you touched on now. You you run township tours. Um, so you you go out to your old township a lot of the time and and, and take um, foreigners around. It's uh, really just to educate them um, and show them the reality of. Life in Cape Town, I imagine. Yes. Uh, when I take the uh, people into townships, the most thing that I need them to understand is how we are living mm. and how happy we are. Because most of the people, when we take them to township, what they think is that people are in poverty and maybe sometimes they will think that they are doing a, uh, a tour in a zoo. But that's not kind of right because uh, 60% of uh, township people they work in the uh, white suburbs and we are living together. But it's just like a tourist. They must come there and see what exactly is happening and what the government is doing to uh, us and what is not doing to us. And yeah. it's also good for the tourists to understand and accept that sometimes maybe they are born in, uh, they are born in a better place than Absolutely. the others. So it's just a, a matter of understanding and educating yourself. Because only... When you travel, it's when you can have the good ideas. So let's say me in a few years, you invite me to come to England. It means I'll at least adapt your kind of uh, staying there and then I'll bring it to Africa. Right. As you have just done, you was in Africa, now you are that side. Now you can fully understand and explain to the youth there that no, sometimes people they live this way, but they never complain because I understand also sometimes in UK, there's a lot of complaints, just like maybe <laughs> the water busted in a pipe, then they're like, shit England, shit that, yeah, so those kind yeah. of things. But when you jump in Africa now, 
then you find that there's no role, there's no nothing, there's just people smiling and everything is poverty. So that's why uh, we take them to be there and they can chat with the kids. And uh, like you know, Lois? Yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Rosie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, so she did the township at the first time and then she went back and now she goes and goes and she can donate to that woman that we saw. And yeah. it's very good. She's doing a good job. It's just about seeing what is the problem and picking up something that you can help. So that's all about uh, in the township and people, they can get help. No matter that, it's like I also find out that instead of me just asking from people like, help me, hundred grand, help me that, help me that. Yeah. It's easy for me to work at Stoked and offer people some tours like hiking or township so that people they donate to my charity that i'm doing is whether they donate to marawi or they donate to township when i take them there i don't mind i yeah. don't mind it's just like uh it's good for me to be energetic to do things that are good for our lives good man that's what i do no absolutely no i found that really incredibly inspiring i must say mate so um yeah because obviously it's a you're running these tours, and then it all, all a lot of the time it links back to your charity in Malawi. Um, so the 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 the, um, the money you raise from any tours that you do, you you put into your charity, or like you say, back into the township themselves. Um, which is yeah. Uh, uh, normally it goes uh, it goes twenty percent to um, uh, uh, no ten percent to the transport up and down, five percent mm-hmm. uh, to the food that they eat there. Thirty uh-huh. percent, uh, we give it to the township Fantastic. here, and then thirty uh, percent to my organization. So to my where it goes to my organization, it can help in the township or it can help in Malawi to my organization. And then once these people they do the township tour, they get my card, and then they are welcome to donate. And then once it goes to the donating thing, is when it goes to uh, Malawi where it's supposed to be going where I started the uh, charity organization. But my aim is that now the way the charity organization in Marawi is going, is just a few steps that I should take like to uh, put things in uh, paperwork so that volunteer they know what they're doing. And then maybe we'll be uh, starting another one in Zimbabwe so that we can help also people in Zimbabwe. Fantastic. And then uh, if we finally go to Eastern Cape, okay. where it's a village for the other people, I want to make sure that maybe I learn three uh, organizations where if I can learn a big, um, big organization like uh, stepping in three countries where people they can uh, volunteer and uh, help with uh, uh, sports uh, after classes, uh, swimming, hiking, and all of that. Yes, fantastic, fantastic. So uh, that leads us quite nicely on to Kingfisher itself. So, um, how long have you uh, been running Kingfisher? And can you just sort of give um, everyone an idea of what Kingfisher is and, and what the idea behind it is? That'd be the, great. the charity uh, normally uh, we started, we started 2015. Uh, it's when uh, my wife and I are uh, like uh, officially like now we can start helping people. So the first volunteer that we have, she was a girl from Namibia. She went and told me what I should be doing. And then I had guys from... Uh, Israel, and then they took pictures to build the first pictures of the website. And then we had a guy from Canada, and then we have another one from Canada. And then just people were just popping in for a few weeks and all of that. So we started uh, exactly two years ago. Okay. Okay. And, and, and what's the idea behind it? Uh, the idea behind the charity work is to promote local people, especially in Marawi, whereby they finish school 
and they don't know what they are doing. But I understand that if we can uh, tell the kids, girls and boys, like uh, start our own uh, swimming programs like Lake Malawi, we can start our own hiking teams like in there's a lot of mountains. Uh, maybe if we, kids they finish schools they like agriculture, then we can give uh, short classes for agricultural skills. Uh, all of those kind of things, like easy courses, so that we can promote local people, not that they mustn't jump the borders, like maybe going to Zimbabwe or going to South Africa without doing something and trying something at home. That's uh, the main uh, thing I am on of uh, Kingfisher. They say in South Africa, in Eastern Cape, everyone wants to just come to Cape Town, and then when they come to Cape Town, they're like, oh no, we thought like, the life is good, and then we end up uh, staying in shakes and mm. all of that. So it's better to promote people in their areas and they can understand how the soil is good, they can farm on it, they can do sports and it's also uh, a program whereby it will work hand in hand with the government to see where things are going wrong and we can promote people to have what they need. They say if our organization uh, manager, he found out that the hospital doesn't have a medicine, uh, doesn't have beds, doesn't have all of so that they need it. It's also our understanding to go to government and ask them why are the people not getting help. Mm. Uh, the more thing that I'm worrying about Africa is the leaders are all promoting a free, uh, healthy, uh, free education, which is not happening. So let's say the leader stand there with his tie, then he said, when I win my votes, I'll give everyone um, free education. Yeah. I'll give everyone free um, a healthy thing. These things are expensive. There's no way where a person can go and get a free medication. Everything is selling, but the leaders are lying uh, their teeth out to tell people things that they are not uh, yeah. really happening. So yeah. this is what my program want to go into and tell the government, like, please don't lie to people, because the more you lie to people, the more people they die, the more people they become criminals. It's better for African people to be told like, now you can be paying 100 rand for your medication a month. Or now you need to pay for your education 50 rand. Because everything is expensive. The teachers, they need to get paid. The doctors, they need to get paid. Most people, they need to get paid. We can't, we can't promote free stuff. Let's wait for it and have it. So this is what King Fisher is looking to it to make people understand that there's nothing for free. Yes, you can have freedom, but freedom doesn't mean like you don't have to go to farm. You don't have to build your own house. Freedom is there like you can talk what you need, but in a respective way. That's what Kingfisher is looking into those things. Other than that, I don't help only orphanages that their parents they died of HIV or other diseases. I help everyone uh, that parents can't afford, including the ones their orphanage. So in Africa, there's this uh, organization, they just say their parents are dead, or the ones that their parents died with HIV. Uh, I think that's also not promoting people to do the right way, because someone is very good in class, his father is there, but his father doesn't know the need of school. He can't help the kids. So if we take those kids and educate them and tell them that it's only by helping and then you can help the others, that's the thing I think it can promote uh, Africa. I'm here also not talking only about Malawi, but I started at home because I was born there. I'll start there. I will start sweeping my house, but I don't mind also contributing to Africa as a continent mm -hmm. because the problem is not lying only in Malawi, but the problem is lying 
in all our African uh, continent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think the one thing that stuck with me from what... Are you there, sir? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Still here. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that, that, that really struck me when I was when I was out with you, uh, was your commitment to sort of improving your roots, changing home, because that is your home. So if you can't change your own home country, well, how do you expect to change anything else, you know? So that's something I really respected and learned a lot from, you know? So that's a big driver for me even now, you know? Um, looking at Britain and saying, well, you know, I, I could go abroad and I'm sure I could do, uh, go to India or something like that and, and try to help out or, or Africa, but... At the same time, there's a lot of work that needs to be done here in, in Britain, you know, for to try and eradicate some of this ignorance that is pretty difficult to get rid of, it seems. Um, so, yeah, that's something that really struck struck a, struck a chord with me, you know, and I, I learned a lot from you in that respect. So, yeah, cheers for that. Um, but I think you, you're absolutely right. It all lies in in the education, you know? It's, it's sort of like, well, we need to really improve this, the education side, and, and if we can get that nailed... Um, and really understand well, you know, there should be core principles that globally we, we should be teaching, you know, there should be almost a global curriculum that allows everyone to, to come up and, and have the same sort of education. But obviously, it's getting everyone on the same page and uh, breaking down some of these um, rivalries that we have everywhere, it seems. Do you agree with that? Yes, uh, the more problem is uh, lying on our leaders telling people that things that they say shouldn't do or promoting things that well, once you put hate or you put uh, uh, education into right place, activities in right place, if once you give youth enough things to do, then there will be no problem. But once the youth, they don't know what they are doing, then now you are increasing uh, uh, sexual harassment, uh, criminal of stabbing people with knives. Mm. But if you listen that you are promoting in Africa doing farming work, uh, southern kids just doing sports work, people they must watch. It means uh, all these risks of dying in the street with knives and getting robbed with the pain, they will, uh, they will, they, they will finish. Yeah. But the, the leader is standing there like, I'll give you free education, while he knows that there's nothing like that. Yeah. No, no, no. So those, those are the understanding that we should stop. Let's say in my village, uh, we're building a school. Uh, someone from Germany helped us to build a bridge. Uh, the community, we are planting 200 trees. Uh, so these kind of things, they'll promote kids like to know like, oh, if I don't have to do anything, I can go and um, have a nursery of trees. Or I can go and um, uh, help at school to uh, move bricks for the school that we are building. Absolutely. Or I can help my parents do something that is good. Or I can go for sports. So these are the things that, since I started this organization, I can see kids like, yes, we will help you. A few days ago, I had this uh, youth uh, football team uh, helping me uh, planting 200 trees at the uh, Lumpy Hospital. It was very nice for me to hear from them, like, of course, yes, we'll go and plant it heavily. I was thinking that, I was thinking that maybe they say, no, 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 we need money. But they say, no, let's promote our village with our own hands and do the right thing. So the problem only relies on the leaders who they are corrupt, uh, who they don't want to promote local people to do the right thing. And we, as Africans, we still have good time. The soil is nice. The weather is good. It's just a matter of us getting good education uh, so that we can do the right thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's a gorgeous place, I must say. I'm very excited to come out and see Malawi, um, hopefully next year. 
I'm really excited to come and see your place. So the, the campsite itself, you were saying, is is right on Lake Malawi. So it's a beautiful place if you want to come and volunteer and and get a feel for exactly what you're doing. Could you, you just sell it? Sell it, really, Henry? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, like a few days ago, I had a couple, uh, one South African boy and uh, one girl from United States. Their um, their boyfriend and girlfriend. They stayed for at the campsite for two weeks. And uh, I think I'll show you, I'll send you some few pictures that they took from there. Please, yeah. It was, they said, really, really amazing. People are very nice, but what is lacking is education, understanding what am I doing today, and what is it I'm doing today, it will help my grandkids. Mm. So people, we promote um, sex by producing a lot of condoms and uh, marriages, someone marrying seven wives. Uh, as Africa, this is, these are the uh, problems that we need to look into, and as leaders, they need to understand that we need to stop this. Yeah. You see, leaders of Africa, we have got very educated leaders, but once, once we see in them, it's just criminal mind. Yeah. Uh, in Congo, since I was born, I was young, I could hear Congo, Zaire, Congo, what? Up to date, people are dying in Congo, and these educated people, they can't just put stop to killing innocent people. How can uh, these countries? Uh, very with well-educated people sending soldiers to uh, protect uh, good people in Congo while the soldiers are trained to be criminals mm. and they say no we are sending thousands of soldiers to protect people and there they are killing our innocent soul African soul young kids uh, mothers and grandfathers um, mm. I don't know what I say but really uh, these kind of uh, things that are happening in Africa are one of uh, destroying Africa so with uh, our program uh, Kingfisher. I will make sure also I touch in African countries in a good um, manner so that we can come and make Africa as one and understand that we are all human beings. Beautiful. We don't have to kill each other. After all, we are just passing. After 50 years, a human being is finished lifespan. You're just waiting for your death. So we don't have to carry guns and kill each other. In, mm. in my heart, I don't feel like we can uh, make nice for killing people. We can make guns for killing people. This is a world where the nature is beautiful. We need to be understanding that we just need to plant trees. We need to plant not big houses or whatsoever. We can have nice ground playing grounds. As Africans, we can invite Europeans to come. Uh, people in overseas, UK, you can come and sit with us without violence. Also, we can go to Europe or overseas and have a nice uh, life. Absolutely. That's what we promote. That's what we must promote. Yeah. But if you see on the newspapers, it's like uh, America is making thousands of guns. Oh, uh, this France have made billions of uh, uh, shooting fighters, uh, aircraft. Yeah. These are things that they are destroying the world for nothing. But with our understanding as youth, if we come together, let's promote sports, agriculture, education, healthy, uh, pray, pray with each other in, in good. And nowadays, they, this uh, technology... Mm, these are the things that we must spend time on, mm. not um, the things of uh, destroying uh, the world no. as it is at the moment. So true, so true. No, I completely agree with that. And I think it's 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 important to, to sort of drive that point home. Um, certainly in terms of what we can do these days, we're so blessed with technology, um, with the internet and the ability for me and you to have this conversation and then you know record it as well, put it on the internet, market that conversation and say, look... Here's, here's two completely different worlds. I'm a middle-class farm boy from England, and you're, you know, a, a, a Malawian a hostel owner in in Cape Town. It, it, it's madness. You wouldn't be, you'd never be able to do this 
20 years ago. There's no chance. So, yeah, exactly. And, and now we're, we're having a conversation from the, the comfort of my home and, and, and your home. And it's um, and still having this, this, this idea and this ability to, to converse and, uh, and almost and, and, and reach a, uh, an audience of, of billions, you know, through the Internet if, if they want to listen. So I just I find it fascinating. I think we're really, really lucky to live in the, in the era we are. Um, and I think there's there, there has to be a big change coming. There has to be in the next 10 years. If there isn't, then I'm, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> I really will. I think we're, we're far too educated. We're far too aware now. There's no, we can't claim ignorance anymore. We can't because you watch a YouTube video and someone would have been to pretty much every spot on earth and gone, this is what life is like right here. And you go, okay, well, now I can't be ignorant of how, you know, a guy in Papua New Guinea is living. I can't because now I know I've seen it on video on a YouTube clip. So, yeah, you know what I mean. So there has to be a, a big shift, uh, and I think as you as you touched on it, it fundamentally comes down to morality. It comes down to people actually living by by a set of moral code, a, a normal moral code. You know, so whether that be a Christian code or a Muslim code, you take what's pure and good about that religion. Don't kill, don't steal, all that stuff, and don't lie, don't cheat. It makes complete sense, and you feel good when you actually follow that code. When you break that code, you naturally feel a bit bad, and that's what politicians and and and, and people have been doing for for centuries, millennia, really. Um, and it's not they're not all bad, and they're all good people at heart, I'm sure, but they just get corrupted by the world we we've lived in. So why don't we change that that whole the whole thing you know so yeah it's 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 gonna be fascinating i think henry but would it really yeah it, uh, this is why i love conversations with yourself you know because it proves that yeah we're all gonna be all right in my eyes you know we, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and, yeah. and preaching what we're preaching i guess on the same on the same conversation what the world should see and say to people the truth is if i'm helping someone it doesn't mean I'm asking it back in five years or in ten years. I'm helping someone so that in the future they have got energy to help the others. Mm. So most of the things that are happening is like, oh, I will do you this. When you finish, give me this so much. So it's like slavery and slavery and slavery. Mm. But if we promote this kind of sports and uh, education uh, in different cultures, people to understand the nature, um, then that's good because in, in other African countries, you just go, someone is cutting bushes for maybe in one kilometer, he's just cutting the bushes. If you ask him, why are you cutting these bushes? Then you just say, I don't have anything to do, so I just thought like, I can cut this yeah, up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Those are the primitive uh, areas which, uh, as uh, educated people, they need to give education everywhere. Don't cut trees down. Uh, how can we stop this uh, global warming that is coming? Everyone is running out of water. Eh? Yeah. Big factories are building a lot of houses. It's also just uh, savageness because if we can uh, invest in good things, then everything will be good. Yeah, so promote, true. Um, promote good mindset, not bad mindset. Bingo. That's uh, the key uh, for the world to have peace. Absolutely. So true, man absolutely bang on there promote a good mindset and that's that's we need to be happier with less i think you know we need to be happier with just being able to survive in nature or 
live off the land, you know. People need to appreciate that again. And I think we've lost that, certainly in the last 100 years, you know, with the, the rise of cars and, and all this stuff. And, and, and now we need so much, so many things, you know, to feel happy or content. And it's utter crap. It's just through the media and advertisement and things like that that we've got into our heads now that we need an Amazon Alexa to get by now, you know. We need some sort of robot thing to turn the lights on. You're like, no, you can use your hand. <laughs> you can still do that, you know. It's People just need, yeah, a shake now and again. And, and uh, like I say, it's not like we're we're ahead of the curve here. We're, we're just, yeah, it's good to see this. <laughs> it's great to have conversations like this. And it's true, you know, It's um, but people are just starting to lose sight. Not everyone, but, yeah, the majority, it seems. Yes, so... Yeah, that's uh, the part, and you wanted uh, more uh, to understand about the Kingfisher in the coming uh, three years or five years. Um, for now, we are helping few kids that they're getting school uh, um, uh, attention because in Malawi is a very uh, poverty country, but mm -hmm. it's only that the governance is very uh, poor. But um, I'm looking like in three years coming, uh, I, I'm also investing in the good governing of our our country, but I'm, I'm talking to the politicians so they can come down and look at what we can find the good ways of how we can uh, come up with the good measurements, how we can land government fund and all of that. Amazing. Because what we are seeing is just the president buying a lot of mansions in the United States, uh, the ministers uh, buying houses in uh, South Africa in big areas. So yeah, it's, uh, without us you talking more about it to control these uh, uh, groups politicians nothing will come up because it's our own hands that can bring um uh, good uh, infrastructure at our homes mm. so this is what i'm looking at like in three years uh we need to see a change in our home countries and i'm sure if uh, we work together and uh, you keep up interviewing me and understanding where i'm at it will give me strength to push more for better um, good and uh, when 2019 you come uh, to marawi i will drive with you in places where I'll be conducting my meetings so that okay. you understand what I'm saying. You can really see it with your own eyes. That'd that be amazing. I'm not just a person where you can jump on, but I really action. So in 2019, when we go there, January, we'll stop over in a couple of few meetings that I'll be conducting to tell people to do the right thing, not the bad things. I'd love to. No, I'm really excited for that, I must say. So yeah, so the next sort of few years, you want to start getting a bit more politically involved and seeing... Yeah, just try yeah, and make not, a bigger change. Not, not physically, political involved, but just to control their bad mindset of destroying government funds into their own pockets. Fantastic. Because as we are Kingfisher, we are far, we are NGO, but we can also see and say no to that and yes to this. So I'll be just sightseeing. And then when you come, we'll have time of... Fantastic. Uh, maybe we can drive around in a few areas where we can do the right thing when you are there. Sounds amazing. Sounds so good, man. Well, that mate, I, I've loved that conversation. So thank you. And I think the audio, I'll, I'll, I'll review it and I'll take a look and see what I can do with the power of technology these days to try and smooth yes, it out. Yes. And, when, and when you finish, you can send me an audio to the WhatsApp so also I can listen to it. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. So I'll, I'll let you listen to this. You can, you can put it on your website if you feel like, you know, if you want a little bit of something, a Q and A or something on your website, you can, you can use this clip as well. Um, but mate, that's been fantastic. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, 
It's, it's quite a serious one. Usually we're a bit more upbeat than that, aren't we? Usually we're having a bit more of a joke, but I think it's important to uh, it's important to get this kind of message out, you know. So, and like I say, we'll do this many, many times, I'm sure. Um, and, yes, yeah. and uh, everything that comes up on our side, I'll be uh, happy to share with you and update you. I'd love to. I'd love that. Really would. No, you're doing a great thing, mate. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a bell soon. Uh, but yeah, I'll take that audio and we'll see what we can do with that. That was superb, mate. Okay, Cheers, thanks. Ange. I'll, well, I'll, thanks, stop, I'll stop the audio there, my man. And then we'll, we can keep talking Stop's for up. a little bit. Banquet Bear Productions. Cheap and chill.